This is the Alchemized Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Johanna, and I am so grateful to have you here joining me for yet another soul expansive conversation. My intention with every episode is to show you through storytelling and in-depth conversations that you, yes, you, are capable of creating anything you desire. Alongside yours truly, you'll hear from thought leaders and industry voices, and together we will teach you how to come alive in your authentic expression and remember the infinite power of your soul. You were truly put on this planet to have it all. So together, let's align with our divine selves and alchemize your life. Welcome back to The Alchemized Life. I am very, very excited. Today we have award-winning dream expert Kelly Sullivan Walden, who is going to teach us how to transform the tragic into magic with her newest book, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste. Kelly is an award-winning best-selling author of 10 books, as well as a celebrity dream expert, certified clinical hypnotherapist, inspirational speaker, and workshop facilitator. She has been everywhere from Cosmopolitan to Dr. Oz to Caitlin Bristow's Off the Vine, Huff Post, Women's World. And it was such an opportunity to be able to have Kelly come on the podcast to share her ogle process and how you can transform all things that happen in your life, mishaps, misfortunes, crappy experiences that happen in Colombia, as you'll hear about in <laughs> in the conversation today. We actually both had a, a, a mugging experience um, in Colombia separately, not together, but we connected over that. But how you can take all of these mishaps and misfortunes and use them as opportunities for lessons and find the blessings in them. You guys know that we love talking about all of the ways that you can alchemize your life. And so having Kelly on the podcast was kind of a no-brainer because that's what her book is all about. I love today's conversation. She shares everything from how she died and came back to life and her experience in that moment to how you can shift your perspective, your relationship to traumatic experiences in your life from PTSD to PTG, which is going to be really cool for y'all to hear. So you can buy Kelly's book anywhere where books are sold. And we actually linked inside of the show notes all of the different places where you can buy her book as well as how you can connect with Kelly. But I hope that you enjoy this episode. I had so much fun talking to Kelly, connecting with her, and I'm excited to hear all of y'all's feedback. So again, everything is linked in the show notes. Make sure to go get her book, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste. It's out now. It's the art of transforming the tragic into magic. So without further ado, let's welcome Kelly Sullivan Walden, aka Dr. Dream, onto The Alchemized Life. Thank you so much for jumping on the podcast with me, for having a conversation. Your new book, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste, is out. And I am so excited for my audience and my community of the alchemized life space to get a taste of your magic, your work. I mean, much as the name states, the alchemized life, we're all about turning what is maybe our shit into gold, into magic, into our strengths. And so who better than to have this conversation with than you? <laughs> wow. I, this, it's really cool. I love that you've got 
alchemy in the title of your show. So that is just, we are like, we're bonded for life. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> whether you like it or not. Yeah, that's, this is what it's all about because none of us are going to get through this life unscathed and we have a choice. It's not a guarantee that the shit, as you said, is going to turn into gold. Mm -hmm. It takes something from us. I mean, sometimes there might be some random pieces of shit that turn into gold and we're like, oh, hey, but most of the time, if we don't apply some of our own will and our own desire, then it won't on its own. So we have the choice to become bitter or better as a result of our circumstances. So yeah, my book is all about the ways that I've looked, I've turned the, the things that were awful in my life into something that I'm actually proud of and that I actually love. And, and it's my joy to be able to share this formula with people and these stories as scary as it is to share some of the stories, but it's great to be with you. Thank you yeah. for having me, Ava. Of course, you know, and I think before we hit record, you were sharing how, you know, it can be scary to put yourself out there and to share pieces of your life and your experience that, like you said, have been secrets or haven't been shared in a very public way. And now like it's all out there. And, you know, as scary as it can be, and it's really interesting because today I actually released a new um, like mini series on the podcast called going there. And it was because I had this reflection, um, over the past month that was like, wow, like I really want people to see me and like feel my heart and see me as a human being and know me, but right in case, or unless I actually like let people see that part of me, then I'm only letting them like have access to and know me partially or fractionally. And so it was this really big aha moment for me where I was like, wow, it's it's actually my responsibility first and foremost to start. And then that's how the bond can build. And that's also how the healing can happen. Oh God, honey, you just nailed it. I'm I'm remembering, um, I'm remembering years and years and years ago before I was ever consciously on the path of transformation. I was dating a guy, poor guy. And he said, he like said the three cursed words to me, I love you. And in that moment, like all the joy, all the magic, all the fun was, it was like gone. And there was some part of me that just completely shut off from him because, and I realized I was doing some journaling, like what happened? Like I had been playing the role to get him to say those words. But once I got them, I was pissed. And I realized in my journaling that I wanted him to not fall from my facade. Mm. I, I wanted him to, to call me out on my bullshit and to say, there's gold underneath this. I like, who is that really under there? Like, and then I realized, how is he supposed to do this? What is he, a genius, a psychic? No, but I was the one that presented myself on this kind of Barbie-esque silver platter and he bought it and I was shaming him for having bought it. But that was a moment of, I don't, I, I don't want to just be loved for what I put on the platter. And maybe there's a period of time where I did need that and did want that because I think as we develop there's a stage in our develop where we're in our development where we're actually innocent and perfect and people love us because we are just being authentic and then 
the shit happens and we we cope with the shit in whatever way we do by developing some kind of a facade some kind of protective mechanism Mm -hmm. and then that becomes how we roll and then people love us or don't love us as a result of that some people are actually repelled by it but at some point we get strong enough and we get kind of excited about our spiritual path where we or we hit a crisis point where the shit just doesn't work anymore where where that facade stops working and in some way that's kind of that's been my that's been my case where it works all too well and then we're like okay imposter syndrome I this is no way to live I don't want to live this way and Mm -hmm. if people say oh I love you you're so great but they don't really know who I am then what a waste of time I'm wasting their time they're wasting mine okay what happens if I start eking out the truth (laughs) what if I tell them the things that I'm so afraid they'll know and maybe I'll discover that whoever does stick around maybe they're the keepers and the people that would run from the hills will let them Mm -hmm. maybe maybe I don't want to make time and room and try to put on all the razzle dazzle for the people that aren't going to stick around once they know the truth anyway so Yeah, all of this is sort of the subtext and some of this is is written explicitly in the book, but a lot of this is just what I'm learning as a result of having my secrets out. <laughs> so that's what you're catching me in the middle of, Ava. Yeah, yeah. But it, you know what? You said it so perfectly because it, it's so true. It's like, I don't want to waste anyone's time. I don't, I want to be around people that feel me and know me fully. And, you know, coming back to this idea of like the shit hitting the fan or going through these crises, like you want your core people around you during those times, because navigating this type of stuff alone is really challenging too, and can make it even harder. And, you know, I was going through your Instagram the other day and I loved what you had shared about like PTSD versus PTG and post-traumatic oh, growth. Yeah. And I would actually love to yes. start there because I think that that's a, that's a yeah. good kind of like jumping off point because yeah. when we have these things come up in our life, like, like you said, it's like, do we move forward? Do we lean into it or do we shut down? And I think that the relationships, the people we have around ourselves, our mindset, like it all plays into it. Right. So, um, so most people have heard of post-traumatic growth disorder, PTSD, and, and that gets thrown around a lot, whether it's, whether we're using it in the right way or not, but we all have it, whether we know it or not. So that's when something traumatic happens, we kind of, a part of us sort of freezes in time and, and kind of goes into hiding. We could say like our, our vulnerable self goes into hiding and then we proceed from that time sort of as a shell of our former self, not as radiant, not as juicy, not as alive, but we're like, yeah, I'm fine. Uh Uh-huh. But there's a bit of a vacuousness. There's a little bit of a, like, where'd she go? But, Mm -hmm. you know, we keep, like, we keep trucking forward. Um, And then at some point we, we try to heal that. So we get ourselves back. But what I thought was really amazing was to learn about PTG, which is post-traumatic growth. And this is, this is research that shows that there are about half the people on the planet that go through something very difficult or traumatic. And instead of coming out of it less than who they were when they went in, they actually come out better. They're actually smarter, more resourced, wiser 
and even a more compassionate version of who they were before. So much so that they, they say that they wouldn't want to go back to who they were before, even though they wouldn't want to go through what they went through ever again, but they wouldn't want to be that more naive version of themselves. So coming out better on the other side, post-traumatic growth. So just knowing that that's possible. I mean, that's alchemy. That's alchemy. Post-traumatic growth is just another way of saying alchemy because it's like turning something from a lesser value into something of an exponentially higher value. And that's the whole purpose of the hero's journey. That's mm -hmm. what we're doing. But it's the one thing that I think is really important to note is that it's not guaranteed. I mean, I was talking to the late, great Barbara Marks Hubbard, who talks so much about this theory of the dissipation of structures. Basically, it's about the process of the caterpillar becoming the butterfly. And not every caterpillar becomes a butterfly. Sometimes there's caterpillars that don't get their wings. They just melt down and that's it. So we need to do something. We need to participate in that meltdown process by telling ourselves, oh, it's possible that I could come out of this better. How might this make me a more, a deeper, more resourceful, smarter person? Even if we're like, I have no idea how, we don't have to know the how. We just know that there's something, some better version of ourselves waiting on the other end of that tunnel. And that might get us excited. Maybe it could, and that's how we're, we leverage things in our favor so that we can end up with that post-traumatic growth at the other end of a difficult situation. Mm, I love that so much. And, you know, I can reflect back on my life and mm. see where there was a turning point where there was like that fixed mindset and the very, I would say pes pessimistic, but also naive and, and just yeah. not, oh, yeah. I didn't know, um, shifting into, you know, I think really specifically it was in 2021 when I started navigating my separation with my husband and the ending of a lot of really important relationships around me, existential crisis. I mean, you name it, everything was wow. coming up to the surface. Wow. But I felt the entire time, like, there's a point to this. There's something bigger here. And I mean, for me, it was like, I'm just going to pray every single day to that feeling of like, I know that this is for me. I know that there's something more, but like before that, it really was this like very kind of limited, like me against the world. I'm holding everything on my shoulders. I can't do this anymore. Almost victim mentality that I don't, I don't think I wasn't growing, but I wasn't seeing the opportunity. Um, and like, as you say, like the magic and the tragic. I thank you so much for sharing that. And it's so, it's so true. And we don't have to necessarily know in the moment that it, when it's happening, that, that there, we don't have to know, but it's, but I remember very specifically one of the stories in my book, uh, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste is about my purse getting stolen when I was in Colombia. And this isn't the worst tragic situation I've been in, but it was, it was unsettling because I had everything I owned in that, including my laptop, including my cell phone, including my money, including my passport. And on my laptop was several different books that I was writing that weren't backed up. So mm. it was just like, and then, and re when you're traveling in a foreign country and you don't have a passport, 
they don't let you past customs. Like you yeah. can't, and how do you prove yourself? How do you, yeah. it's like, I'm, I'm me, even though I don't have papers to prove it. Oh my God. So yeah. it was like, but there was some, I, I remember reading about some woman that, that, and I can't even remember the name of the book. It was a long time ago, but it was, it was mutant something down under mutants something down under anyway i only knew about her story that she was some american woman traveling into australia and she also had her purse stolen and and so many things happened to her and as a result of it she didn't go on the journey that she thought she was going to she ended up meeting all these other people and i get covered in chills as i think about it and it became this epic life-changing journey for her and it popped into my head while I was looking for my purse, where's the people, where's the camera, where's the, we got to, and there was some part of me like, what if I'm not going on the journey I thought I was going on? I'm like, screw you, I want my purse back. <laughs> <laughs> but there was, <laughs> but there was some little part of me that knew what if this was planned? What if something else is gonna happen as a result of this? And of course I pushed it away but one thing that i'm proud of about that situation is that i did the ogle formula on it mm -hmm. the moment i had to borrow a journal because my journal had been in my purse that was stolen so i'm like can i borrow some paper and a pen because i don't have anything to even journal on <laughs> but i journaled <laughs> and literally the next morning in the, while i was journaling i i something snapped something kind of clicked and I shifted, even though I was still upset, I wasn't in like that massive drama anymore. There was some part of me that knew, okay, things are gonna, things are, there's something else that's changing. And it was the, it was working through that Ogle formula deliberately that helped me to shift it. I write it out a little differently in the book because I write it after the whole thing happened, but a lot of it is what happened in real time. So. Anyway, it's there's a there's there's formulas that we just we need to grab onto something that works when the bleep is hitting the fan. We need something simple. That's why I came up with something really hopefully very easy to grab yeah. hold of. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, I got mugged in Colombia, so that's wild. I <laughs> okay, but we love Colombia. A lot of Colombians are wonderful people. Yeah. We love the coffee. Um, yeah. maybe just be really careful oh my god i'm so sorry you were yeah. mugged oh, yeah honey. no it was okay they didn't they luckily didn't take anything but it was traumatic because it like it has i don't know if when they stole your purse it was just sitting there and you didn't even see it happen but somebody yeah. tapped me on the shoulder and i was like yeah and they asked me a question and then i turned around and my purse was gone like it was sitting on top of a mountain of all the luggage we had a whole group of people sitting around but it was and everyone's like, did you not read all the stuff? You're supposed to like put it on your front, <laughs> like not even a backpack, like yeah. on your front with your arms around yourself. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah but oh, yeah. honey, I'm sorry. You actually it was... got, somebody like took it from you. Well, yeah. Well, they didn't take anything. I had like the belt on that was underneath my clothes, oh. but my, my ex, his hair color, same exact as yours. So you, you guys stick out like a sore thumb in Colombia and we were yeah, walking past the university <laughs> and oh, he had no. a backpack on, but luckily they didn't take anything from him. It was just a traumatic experience. But you know, one of the things that I wanted to just point out in, in that story is that 
you had a moment where the drama came up, but you were able to pull yourself back into alignment and like come back to the things that you knew would help you to shake it off. And I think it's just an important reminder for all of us that like, it's not perfect. We using these, using these processes, knowing all the things that we know, doing the spiritual work, it's not perfect, but how can you come back to it faster? And I'd love to, I'd love for you to talk about the Ogle formula so that my listeners have an understanding of like a way that they can help themselves to just shift out of the drama a little bit faster and get back into alignment with who they want to be and the growth that is on the other side of these experiences. My pleasure. Well, first of all, the word ogle is a funny word. It's not a common word and it's not usually like a happy word. It's like, it's usually like a leering kind of a thing, but I'm yeah. trying to change the way we look at it because it's really about perceiving and looking beneath the surface. So I always like to say one way to not transform or alchemize our our circumstances is to not really look at it to just look at it at surface value like my purse got stolen or you got mugged that just sucks period end of story next like if we're just going to be on the surface but if we go beneath the surface that's where the transformation and the alchemy happens so o-g-l-e oh this is so important because it's this is the o is about what's offensive this is where you have permission to be in pain to be upset, to be pissed off, to be like sad, scared, all of those things. We so, But to do it deliberately. So there's a difference between just kind of moaning and groaning in an unconscious way that can kind of perpetuate itself. But if we're like, okay, I'm giving myself permission to write about what's offensive. I am hurt. I am scared. I can't believe this person did this to me. I was there minding my own business. I came here to do service work for God's sakes. I'm a good person. Why'd they blah? But it's like, you know, <laughs> we give ourselves permission to get everything that's offensive out. So that's the O. Once we've given that O to ourselves, then we move to the G. What's good about this? Or in parentheses, what could be good about this? Or what might be good about this? And we might not know. But one thing I was able to say is, well, I'm not dead. Whoever did this didn't kill me. So that's good. And by the time I come home from Columbia, I'll be able to get a new laptop and a new phone and all those things. Everything that was stolen could be replaced, except for what I had written on the on my laptop, which maybe not. But nothing that's really true, can't. nothing that's real can be taken away. So there's that. And I thought, well, what if I'm like the mutant down under woman that maybe my life maybe something good will come and that was when I started to notice the change like the ooh maybe something good could come so then moving to the L this is this is the trickier part because this is the L is for the looking glass how am I just like the person or circumstance that hurt me or scared me so how am I a thief the first thing is like, I am not a thief. I am a perfect person. I would never. But when I was younger, I shoplifted. I was, I like to be like, hey, I don't I want a little of that. So I've stolen things, even if it was small compared to what this person did. And even if it was long time ago when I was like a teenager, but still I know I've done, I've taken what wasn't mine before. And also on a bigger level, how do I rob my own 
consciousness by focusing on things that don't support me in indulging in negativity or indulging in gossip or indulging how am I the thief that steals my precious moments here on earth by squandering those. So, wow, I'm more of a thief than that person was. And then that leaves me at the E. So it doesn't end on a bad note. It ends on, okay, now what can I do with this? The E is for elevate. How will I use this information to become a better version of myself, to elevate my consciousness? How basically this is where the alchemy comes in. How will I turn this into gold? In other words, so Mm -hmm. from my perspective, it was, I'm going to be grateful that I'm still alive. I'm going to be actually, I became really grateful on that trip to not have my cell phone and to not have my laptop because everyone I was with was just attached at the hip to their devices. And they weren't really being with these people that we were meeting and hanging out with. So I felt like I was the lucky one, strangely, to have a whole month. 30 days with no electronics like that's not heard of maybe we'll go like a day maybe a weekend but 30 days it was a cleansing that i didn't anticipate and it did give me this phenomenal i mean this didn't come until later but it but by the time i got home i remember feeling like okay what's the word to describe this feeling Ooh, it's enough i felt enough like that, the feeling of enoughness for the first time since maybe I was a kid. And that was as a result of not being so attached to all the stuff that was always making me feel like I was a step behind. And I wasn't like, I had, I had never done less in my life than I had on those 30 days, but I felt more than enough. I felt like I'm not behind. So Mm. Like that was that by itself just left an imprint. So that's an example of how to open our circumstance. I love that so much. And it's so funny. I had a girlfriend whose phone broke right before she came out to Mexico to meet me last year. And at first she was like freaking out about it because she's never really left the country much. And she was traveling by herself for the first time. And, um, she said she had the time of her life. She met the most amazing people. She felt so present. She wasn't worrying about getting content and capturing photos or checking in on the social media apps or anything. And it's very similar to how you shared. It was like when you're stripped away, you get to be reminded of like what actually fills you and what creates this, the feeling of the emotion of enoughness. And so I just, I think it's such a good example and also maybe an invitation for people to take their phones away for a little bit from that story. (laughs) Right, exactly. And I do this and I've become kind of like ruthless about it. Like when I'm in front of somebody, unless I have an appointment or unless there's some 911 going on in my life, I shut my phone off so I can like give the person in front of me my full heart, my full attention, because life is precious. And that's another story in my book about when I died. It's like, we never, I died and came back, but we like, we don't know how long we're going to be here. And social media is awesome. We want to have it. We just don't want it to have us. Like Mm. I say in that story, we don't want our devices to become our vices. We Mm want to be able to have them without them having us. Yeah. Okay. So Obviously, inside of the book, people can read the story of you dying and coming back to life. But can we get a little bit of a snippet? Because now I'm like, I need to know everything. (laughs) Oh, God. So it was 
so I was at a restaurant and an Indian restaurant are my, me and my husband's favorite. It was, um, it was for my 40th day and, um, it was on eight, eight, 2008. So it was, so I'm 54 if you, anyone's doing the math, but I knew, oh, this is going to be a special birthday. This is not only Lionsgate, but it's like, it's the 2008. Oh my God. I had no idea. <laughs> so our, we, I was starving. There was a whole bunch of stuff that led up to this moment that I, I'll, I write in the book. I won't give, I won't go into the gory details, but basically I'm at dinner. We order our food and my friend Moira, who's this amazing vegan chef, she brings out this like this chunky chocolate chip cookie and she cuts it into four pieces and she gives me a piece. And it's really like not that big. It's like about the size of my thumb and I gobble it down. And she's like, oh, I should have told you that's a special cookie. And I'm like, what do you mean? Because I'm such a lightweight, but there was hash in it. And I'm like, well, it was just a piece. Like it's not no big deal. I go through dinner, everything's lovely. We're having the time of our lives, laughing, talking. And then all of a sudden, it was like a freight train comes chugging through my brain. And and I literally couldn't like couldn't hold on. And I reached over, I grabbed a hold of my husband's arm. My hair fell in front of my face, and everybody just thought I was being lovey dovey with Dana, my husband. But I had I left. I like went I flung all the way out of my body and I was so the moment I snapped out and I was like out of my body I felt the most beautiful I mean the word that comes to me was relief because it's a strange word but I'm I'm kind of a word person <laughs> but it was like this feels so good I was just like flying through what felt like the aurora borealis like just colors and there were, I didn't see any people. Maybe this was sort of like I was in the, like not quite all the way in heaven yet. Maybe I was still being evaluated. I don't know. The jury was still out, but all I know is I was filled with so much love, so much freedom, so much joy, so much beauty that it was hard to even fathom. And then it just kept becoming more and more and more and more. And I had this sense of there is no end to this bliss. And every question I had, I would get an answer to everything I'd ever wanted to know, including some pretty dark things. I was like, I need to know the answers to all the like the shitty things. Why did those things happen? It's like everything made perfect sense. I got everything I wanted. And then I had this awareness of what was going on in the room. And I kind of tuned in even though I wasn't in my body my body was slumped and apparently my face had turned like white my lips turned blue I the there was par paramedics eventually came and I they were like like doing all the things that they were trying to do to resuscitate me and bring me back online and I was next thing I knew I was on a gurney but I was I tried so hard to communicate to everybody so they wouldn't be worried but what I did made them worry even more because I started to try to get my mouth. <laughs> I tried to get my mouth to work, <laughs> but imagine like like a puppeteer, like I was outside of my body trying to get my body to talk, and I was saying, "Don't worry about me, I'm fine." And they're like, "Oh no! Oh my God! It's a it's a demon! She's possessed! Like what happened to Kelly?" And I'm like. 
oh my God, these people are so friggin' dense. They have no idea. They're freaking out and they have no idea what an amazing time I'm having. And, and I, and I, because they wouldn't, I knew that no matter what I did, they wouldn't understand. Like I wanted to shake them and say, look at what's happening, you guys. But no, my friend Moira even said, Kelly, get your ass back in your body. <laughs> like, this is not okay. This will never be okay. Get back here. And I'm like, oh no, it's not fair that I'm having all this bliss and they're panicking. So I'm like, oh, fine. But I really didn't want to come back if it wasn't for my codependence and feeling a little bit too much of a people pleaser, I probably would not have come back, but I forced myself to, and it was like, imagine taking the entire sky and putting it into a tiny little teacup. That's, it felt so intense. Like it was so hard, but finally I could feel that I was back in my body. I grab a hold of the, the paramedic's arm. And I say with like words that he could hear, check my pulse <laughs> like, so they realized oh she's back online we've got her we've got her and it was like okay there i am so but all i know is that like so what if i was going to ogle that really i didn't have to ogle it too much because it was a blissful thing for me but the o is what was offensive was that i died and that's you know apparently in the human world that's something that is a big offense and then the g is what's good about it is i got to see that we can never die I got to see that we live beyond these bodies as, as precious as these bodies are, this is just one tiny little speck of who we are. And that is given, I think about it every single day, it has changed me. And it's also what we do when we dream. So death and dreams are correlated and I would have never put them together. It's similar, the place that we go when we dream and when we connect with departed loved ones it's it's like a preparation for when we do go mm. anyway i could write a whole book on just on that and then the looking glasses you know how do i maybe how do i i, I don't want to say kill myself but how do i end my life it's when i whenever i die whenever i take seriously the limitations of this world when i get too attached when I, mm -hmm. I, I kind of choke off life. Like that was the big aha. And I know we're probably out of time, but I, no, but we're good. the, the E for elevate is, is my elevated action is to think about it and to remember. And I think this is true for all of us. We all have some moment of higher awareness of like our own inner alchemy. And just because it might've happened years ago or a month ago or whatever, or we had a good dream three years ago, we can still remember it. And in remembering it, we, we keep it alive. And in some way we grow that awareness and that can become something that actually changes us. And I feel like a way better version of myself as a result of having gone through that. And I'm not a big advocate for, you know, mind altering substances. I think we can do a lot of that on our own. Yeah. <clears throat> we can have psychedelic experiences without, and we can have death experiences without having to die just by paying attention to our dreams. But I'm grateful yeah. that happened to me. Yeah, what an experience. I mean, like you said, it completely shifted your entire perspective. And in doing so, that yeah. gets to change your entire life and every single yeah. aspect of how you relate to all of the things that happen. I'm sure it's left you, even though we're all human and not perfect, I'm sure it left you a lot less attached to all the little things that happen. Oh, my God. 
That is so, I get attached for sure. I forget, but then I remember. And every time I think about this story, I feel like I get washed through. And it, it reminds me that really, that my takeaway from that whole experience was this little sort of a bumper sticker of thought. And it was, and it's very Buddhist, even though I'm not a Buddhist, but apparently this is a Buddhist belief that the degree to which we suffer is the degree to which we are attached and the degree to which we can be at bliss in bliss no matter what's happening is the degree to which we stay connected to life but detached but like okay so this is coming and going this relationship this this job this opportunity this whatever it's not mine let it just move through because there's always more beauty love that wants to give itself to us and we're not meant to like coagulate ourselves around the good that we have and that's the mistake that we make so if we can just i have to practice it every day but i think it's really i think that's how we all can get into more that the alchemy zone is is by releasing our attachment doesn't mean that we don't show up doesn't mean we don't give it our all but not that death grip like we got to just let go mm -hmm. yeah i love it well kelly thank you so much for coming on the alchemized life i think that if these are the stories that are a part of your book, if these are the <laughs> lessons, the wisdom, then this book is meant to be a nightstand book for people to just have there and reflect upon and read and like ingrain in themselves. And I'm just so appreciative for you to come on and share these stories, to share your book. A crisis is a terrible thing to waste for anybody listening. We're going to link it in the show notes, but I know that you're also a best-selling author of 10 other books or nine other books. Where can people find all of your work? Should we just go to Amazon and, and search your name and just buy all the books? <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. There you go. <laughs> just go to Amazon, put in my name, Kelly Sullivan Walden, and they all show up there. I mean, I, as a good literary citizen, I should say, go to your local bookstore, order it from your local bookstore and go to some of the other online places like barnesandnoble.com and all of that. But I know a lot of us, myself included, we go to Amazon and there's nothing wrong. Just go to Amazon Smile. So yes. you can you can do like a, a charity, which is always, always really good. But yes, all my books are, are there. And there's a new um, Dia de los Muertos Oracle deck that is available now and a luminous human. There's a bunch of new products. This is like a an abundant year for products for me. So there's a lot of cool things, but a crisis is a terrible thing to waste is, is the new book. And I'm really excited about that. Amazing. Maybe I can just link to the amazon.smile in the show notes. So people don't even, I think I can probably do that. It's just hyperlink that yeah. <laughs> Barnes and Noble is actually my favorite place to go. I went, I I'll go there and just get like a peppermint. Well, during the holidays, a peppermint mocha from Starbucks, go sit and read magazines, yeah. then go sit in the aisles. It's so nostalgic to me. And it just makes me so happy. I'm like, oh my God, I love it here so much. Isn't it great? I got to do my book launch event at Barnes and Noble just, uh, just last month. And it was, it was magical. I feel the same way. And I love the peppermint mochas. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, honey. We'll have to yeah. have one one of these days when you come I know. to next. Yeah, when I come back. I, yeah. Oh, so good. Well, we're going to link all the things inside of the show notes. And I just want to say one more time, thank you so much for taking the time to hop on the podcast with me and have this conversation. I'm already infinitely more excited. I'm so excited to start. Also, 
incorporating the Ogle process into my own life and the things that are coming up for me to just alchemize it even faster. Yeah, just even more ways to quickly get into the alchemy zone. It doesn't have to take three to five years to get your alchemy. It can be like right now. And I'm thank you so much for your interest. Thanks for your show and all the good vibes and good messages you're putting out. You are mm, you glow. You truly glow with all this, all your inner and outer beauty. 